Hey, we're glad you're here. I'm Anna. And I'm Ariana, and we are The Authentic Collective. In this podcast, we take you on our journeys to becoming our authentic selves through stories, discussions, and revelations. We discuss things like boundaries, relationships, spirituality, therapy, and self-love. You can find us here weekly, and be sure to follow along on Instagram at the underscore authentic underscore collective, where we have more of your favorite content. We are so excited to embark on this journey together and with you as well. Get comfy, listen in, and dive deep. Hey. Hey. Episode nine. Episode nine. Welcome back to the Authentic Collective Podcast with Ariana. And Anna. And Anna. (laughs) (laughs) And we are here today to talk about a couple things. Identity, self-expression, and how to get what you want in life, and how to figure out what you want in life. Yeah, how to know what you want in life. How to know what you want in life, how to get there. So, (laughs) let's start. How has your week been? It's been good. Let's open up. Let's open up. Uh, Last week's week's episode was really good, really interesting. Surrendering was really good. And I think on top of that, we just kind of... The next step was identity and who who are you? Yeah. Um, I guess, okay, let's start with that, like, defining. I, you, I know you asked me about my week. Mm-hmm. Um, week's been good. <laughs> Finding out about my identity. So let's jump into identity. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what is the identity identified as? What, it, what do you define it as? What, what goes into it? Yeah. Like, why are we even talking about it? Why is it Why is it important? So, for me, identity is something that I really struggled with Mm. a lot in my life. I did not have a sense of self, and I did not know who I was for many years. And I think it's something that I'm still figuring out, but I feel like I have such a stronger sense of self than when I was, like, a kid or in high school. Okay. I was one of those kids who was always trying to fit in to what I thought... I needed to be or needed to look like or needed to act like so I definitely succumbed to like a lot of pressure to be something that I really am not and it took me up until my adulthood to get to the point where I was like none of this is relevant to me and you've mm-hmm. literally watched me shed a lot of attitudes and belief systems that I subscribe to based on that on those lies essentially yeah. I definitely have. Yeah. It's definitely been very interesting to watch you transform and shed um, just through different phases of life. But I feel kind of what you experienced is a very common theme mm-hmm. of identity. I think so. Um, ident- I don't want to call it a crisis, but an identity shift lesson. There's an been adventure. Yes. Yeah. There's, been, <laughs> there's been some crisis moments. I'll, I'll give you that. Um. But yeah, I feel like that's a very normal thing for girls. And I think guys, especially middle school and high school, that is usually the kind of textbook identity situation going on. However, I had a very, very opposite problem with identity. I figured out who I was really young, and I felt everything in my body that I had to stick to that and amplify it without giving myself the space to change. Mm. So I I love this. Okay, so we're two completely different children. We're very, very different opposite sides of the spectrum. Which we knew. Yes. 
as kids, I think I was, we've talked about this in other podcasts. We were Our neighborhood all, story will go down in history. We were all very aware that Anna was confident in who she was. Confident is a good, nice, quaint That's word. That's really nice. You're being very I'm nice. I'm being very nice. Um, she was... <laughs> I was Anna. She was Anna. A little, uh tough-ass bitch okay yeah let me let me let me kind of explain so the identity kind of that I came into really young and this is a mixture of growing up in the household I grew up in the roles I had to kind of assume and then just life situations that have happened along the way but I really young really early on assumed this role of loud masculine tough have an outer shell be super emotional which doesn't vibe with the outer shell but being emotional in my mind was being loud and very expressive and so that was almost masculine like if I was angry I'd be very quick to anger if I was gonna cry I was very quick to cry um and I like assumed that and connected it to this I'm strong no one can touch me and hurt me and as I started growing older and realized that vulnerability is actually a beautiful thing and I started I had to start letting people into my life and I had a really hard time doing that. I was so locked into the idea of I have to be strong and this is what strong looks like that I didn't let myself melt into this new identity as where I am now. I have known you for so long that I kind of forgot who I was <laughs> that you really did have a hard time letting people in yeah and you really were not that vulnerable for a long time Mm-mm. you're one of the people who actually was able to stick through all of that yeah there's very few people in my life that a lot of people either saw that middle school high school version mm-hmm. then there was the college version mm-hmm. and now where I am is a completely different person like yeah. for me to be talking about spirituality and manifestation and authentic collective so openly that would not have been a thing in high school or or um college yeah that's so fascinating yeah yeah no i i definitely remember and i'm wondering how many people can like relate to that because it's not it's not the typical identity story mine is very typical not knowing who you are trying to fit in people pleasing people pleasing putting on you know all these different like attitudes and I guess like personalities to see what fits trying to be all these different people trying to date all these different guys to see what fits and not really staying true to yourself Mm -hmm. and I think not many people found their voice at a young age I think that my my story is it's for the kids who wanted to fit in but didn't want to people please, but also rebelled by not allowing themselves to morph and flow. I don't Mm. think there's a specific category of a kind of kid or a kind of trauma that causes it. I just think it's how you internalize it and how Mm. your emotions process it. And then how you decide to share it to the world, right? There's people that shut off and are super quiet and introverts But my idea of going against the world was literally coming out and fighting against it by being loud, aggressive. um. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So many things come to mind. 
Like, this girl. Like, if you want to talk about, like, your stereotypical Russian immigrant kid, that was Anna. I'm not even an immigrant. I was born in America. Whatever, man. Yeah, no, totally Your first gen type of child. First gen type of child. Russian kid. Russian parents. I mean, the funniest story I have is I was in high school. I was walking down the hallway with some friends, and one of my guy friends came up behind me and, like, either, like, tapped a shoulder you know when they like tap your opposite shoulder <laughs> literally turned around and slapped <laughs> literally slapped i i kind of remember that was really violent. i'm so sorry okay i need to make a disclaimer for anybody i have physically or emotionally hurt in middle school high school oh or college God. i am really sorry you heard it i do first. not i do not believe violence is the answer i think journaling and <laughs> meditating is so i'm a changed you woman were really violent it was really violent you know what i remember you being my parents put me in taekwondo in fourth grade what do you mean it was very violent i remember you being somewhat disliked <laughs> <laughs> wow wow <laughs> Way to keep it real, dude. I just, it's coming back to me. Okay, stop it right there. Because you were like, you're about to unlock some trauma. We're going to cry here tonight instead of laugh. That's what we're here to do. Oh my gosh, stop it. No, yeah. You were like too much for the kids oh. at that age. Yeah. No, you were I, too I much. And you were so straight. <laughs> you were so direct. Like, especially, okay, y'all, like we're from Texas. Like in the South, that's another layer yeah. of different because in the south you're definitely expected to have this like politeness and this air of like yeah like quaintness to everything you say and that's why passive aggression is like the way to go when you're angry at people because people don't like being super super direct like bluntness is one thing but like this whole like direct attitude is not common for the culture here and and i was very countercultural in that way do you remember this just came to me and I have to share this. You were so sure of like your life and how to get what you wanted at the time. Do you remember how we used to life map? <laughs> yes. Do you want to share with our listeners what life mapping was and why you no. did it? No. Let's no. share it. No, I want you to share it. I want you to really shed some light on okay. how others perceived me. So Anna taught me this little trick <laughs> when we were kids. I mean, like, I think I did this a couple times, like, early high school, like, late middle school, early high school. If if you caught to a life situation and you were confused about what to do, all you had to do was take a piece of notebook paper and basically start life mapping. So you would, like, write out the big problem or the big question or the big person of concern and then you'd branch out into like all these graphs with like footnotes and like colors and be like oh the, and then you'd basically solve your problem on paper <laughs> okay that's how type a that is how type a this woman was tell me that isn't journaling and therapy in one <laughs> you're not wrong i think it's a great tool i remember i literally the only recollection i have of doing that was actually like when i was in a love triangle <laughs> and i mapped out the love triangle did it help you solve it it did <laughs> you're welcome I should trademark life mapping she really should that's what i should start a coaching business on is life mapping i actually think it's a great idea I probably do more, like way more. 
but it was so like hyper organized for like 12 years old like what 12 year old life maps freaking weirdo uh, i like to log those memories away yeah. um to be honest i mean i was very organized like <clears throat> i color coded my stuff from day one like my closet's been color coordinated since i was like 14 yeah it still is <laughs> it still is. that lasted for me for maybe a couple years and yeah. then after moving houses i was like i can never do this again <laughs> <laughs> i love doing it it's great um life mapping but honestly okay so you kind of linked it to like getting what you want the reason life mapping and like seeing these things for me is so important is a i'm a visual person so when i can see it in front of me and then i can close my eyes and envision it it's so much easier to get what i want and um what's interesting is that i've always life mapped in my own mind um like ever since i was little i remember i was eight or nine years old and i told my parents i was like i want to be ceo and they're like why and I was like, so I, can, I, was like, I was like, this is not normal, but okay, I literally go. go, I go, so I can fly first class. Like that was, that was the dream, but the dream wasn't just first class. The first, the dream, the visualization was showing up to the airport in my suit, having a driver take me. Like I, I've had this stuff visualized for a really long time. Whoa. Walking up, having champagne served, sitting in first class in my suit because I'm a businesswoman. I where did you where did you get that from? My dad used to travel a lot, and so I remember when we used to travel with him. Like he would get business class, and when I would walk by the business in first class, I'm like, this is the life. And then you see mm. people in suits. You see people in suits, and I'm like, of course. Oh my gosh. And then when I hear CEO is at the top and gets to govern and manage people, which now being part of corporate world, it's it's beyond managing people. It's actually networking and connecting with your people. For sure. And so I never knew exactly what that was going to look like. But to be honest with you, as much as my life has strayed into now spirituality, now creating authentic collective, I have strayed to, I have actually stuck with that life map of going to college, getting my master's, getting my CPA, like, working at a big company. No, for sure. Um, so, like, yeah. parts of that stayed, but as I got older, I allowed myself to release that baby identity of Anna. I don't want to say baby. I mean, adult. But it was, like, teenage. your first identity. Yeah. yeah, it was my first identity after I could actually, like, incorporate it and understand it. Um, also, I mean, dancing. I was a dancer for 10 years, and it was such a serious, grueling commitment and sport for me we traveled all the time and that definitely played a role too like you know you're you're so business like you set up your suitcase in the middle of the week like I got to skip school I was doing this exotic sport that you know isn't done at schools so there was a lot of moving parts to that vision but life mapping I mean even to this day I'm very analytical and as much as I am emotional now or sorry as much as I am in touch and vulnerable to my emotions, I am very still, okay, life map this out, kind of, you have to see it from all sides, because it also, I think, gives you perspective, which I was going to say, like, for you, going from that people-pleasing, where did you have that switch of, like, oh, shit, I'm not living to myself. Where did that perspective come in, considering you only life mapped a love triangle? I thought I taught you better. (laughs) I know, I didn't life map enough to get myself out of my identity (laughs) crisis. Okay, so I think... uh, I think it was within the past year 
Okay. Um, so there was a moment I was in therapy and I was talking to my therapist and I basically came to the realization, you know, she asked me what I want and I couldn't give her a good answer. Like, I didn't know. Like, the idea of, you know, having fun and, like, getting what I want out of life was so foreign to me. Mm. I I really did think subconsciously, you know, I, I don't think I was ever thinking this consciously, but I really did act and behave like everyone else's needs and wants are important or more important than mine. And that does, that did just go back to my family dynamics. Like in my family growing up, that was the case most of the time because of, you know, the nature of like my parents' relationship and being the oldest sibling out of four um, you just sort of, like, I, I really did take on this, okay, well, you know, everyone else needs to be happy first, and then I can be happy. If everyone else is happy, I'm happy. So I took that, you know, from my child brain into my adolescent and adult life and just kept thinking, if I can keep everyone around me happy, then I can be happy and I can experience happiness. And it's sad because it really has taken me this long to finally start to break that I think I still have I still treat myself last you know in some situations but in that therapy session and in her basically prescribing like go figure out what you want I had no idea what to do I had no idea which direction to turn to and I experimented a little bit with trying to like you know, think about what was fun to me. (laughs) But I realized it really came down to even, you know, the most basic of small decisions that I make throughout the day, that a lot of which I was doing for other people, whether that was at work or at home. And it was, it was causing me to become a resentful person. Mm. Because I was looking at the people in my life and thinking like, I'm doing everything for you guys. But no one was making me do that. Mm -hmm. No one ever at any point, you know, outright told me, my needs are more important than yours, so, you know, put yourself last. I was just behaving that way out of childhood rehearsal over and over again. It was just part of my identity at that point. So for people who are like that or for people who grew up in those types of situations, you really have to put in work and effort into figuring out who you are and what you want, um, depending on the severity of it to get to that place. So I think it's just been, after that moment, I had to process it. It was a little bit emotional for me. Um, I I remember that phone call. You you remember. I remember that phone call that you called me and like, it was such a, it was such a pivotal moment because I think it's something that like, I mean, I've known you for so long. So I've seen like here and there and like me being, as we talked about on the opposite spectrum of being maybe too boisterous and too confident and too much of like I don't give a shit I was like oh I want to bring you over to my side because I saw the polarity of it yeah um and so I remember that phone call and like on one hand I was like oh my gosh this is it but on the other hand like oh my gosh this is just the start for real it was like the start of a lot of work and that work has led me to you know confront a lot of realities about myself confront my mental health confront pretty much all of my relationships, like friendships, you know, just family, just what actually, who actually am I in those relationships? Mm -hmm. Um, Which ones do I actually want to be a part of? Like a lot of things, a lot of things. And to this day, like I still get a little bit cloudy 
when it comes to like what I want, you know, am I doing this for me? Am I doing this for someone else? And I think I'm about 50-50 now. Like some of the decisions I still subconsciously make based on what I feel like other people's opinions will be mm-hmm. or what will make others happy. Uh, but it just takes practice to finally break that. And so I've slowly begun to break it. But because honestly, I really desire to live a, lo- to live a life that is in service to others. Mm-hmm. But I can't do that from a place of everyone else comes before me and like my my wants don't matter you know what I mean mm-hmm. like I, I really don't believe that you can pour from an empty cup and so it's like I was kind of in anguish for a long time because I was in that broken cycle of like not filling myself up and trying to fill up everyone around me and it took you know a therapist finally telling me like that's not your job basically it's not your job to keep everyone happy and mm-hmm. everyone might not be happy with you all the time and that was like, like I was like what do you mean you're like how can that? how can that happen I really do have a problem I'm like I need to be liked but I told yeah. you the story of you know yeah. and like some family not I guess vibing with me and a couple and I was completely fine with that like I really like I think a couple years ago that would have ruined right me. you but so when I traveled, I traveled to Turkey recently to meet my husband's family for the first time. And I really did notice within myself, like I'm going into this authentically me. Mm. And if y'all like me, you like me. And if you don't like me, that is not, not my problem. Yeah. Because I know myself. I know I'm a good person. I know I'm sweet and kind and loving. And I came into that situation with loving intention and like, as much positive energy as I could possibly give. Mm-hmm. And if someone doesn't like me after all that I'm doing to make a good impression and to come in with like love, then yeah, so be it. So that, that, I mean, that's taken me 24 years to get to seriously. Like, mm. I think it's just taken me a really, really long time, but it's exciting because now I'm in a place in my life where I can finally focus on what I want like this is a huge you know authentic elective is a huge step for me like doing something that I want to do and and even in the process like if we don't agree about something it's been a challenge for me because it's like Mm -hmm. oh you know I can't just do everything because Anna will like it or not Mm -hmm. like it I have to have my own opinions I have to bring what I need to bring to the table yeah otherwise it's not fair it's not fair and it's not good it's not fair it's not healthy it's not even going to be the best that it can be it will be the best I mean, diamonds are made under friction and heat and... Pressure. Pressure. It's like, how can you create something beautiful if you don't bring any friction? If you were a people pleaser and you're like a yes woman, to me, for example, an authentic collective, eventually I'd run out of things and ideas to bring to the table and authentic collective would dissipate. Yeah. Um, And I think it's an interesting friendship we have because, like, you have taught me to be more myself mm. and to have more of a voice. And to not be, you know, that preoccupied with what people have to say or have to think about me. But on the other hand, like, I've had I've had much more of that, like, vulnerability mm-hmm. earlier on. So yeah. we, we've always kind of had that balance and are able to learn from each other in that way, I think. A hundred percent. Definitely. I think, I think that's, like, the beauty. That's the beauty of the core of our relationship. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so one thing that is very interesting is the the exercise of writing things that make you happy or who you are mm-hmm. 
is the first exercise that I did three and a half years ago, stepping into my spiritual journey with my first therapist. <clears throat> she goes, write who you are, right? Like you start very broad, um, friend, daughter, girlfriend, wife, whatever. Yeah. And then eventually at like 50, I had to write 50 of these. And by like 37, I'm like a clown because I like to joke around or like a cook because I like to mess around in the kitchen, right? And you like start getting deeper, deeper, deeper. And then like one of my last ones, I was just like a baby. Like one of my last things, I was like, I'm just a baby. Like I'm just a child. Um, so that was really huge because I look back sometimes at that list today at the things that I am and I have realized that some of the identities I have let go mm-hmm. and that's perfectly okay um and then the list of things that makes you happy I heard on another podcast <clears throat> recently it's like the shit that makes you happy list um and I have one of those too because when I am not feeling great I sometimes mm-hmm. forget what makes me happy mm-hmm. like one of my most simplest things is driving and listening to music yeah. and like some people are like yeah I love to do that too and I'm like no, 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 that, like, feeds my soul. Like, I, I can drive for hours just listening to music. Um, and I know a lot of people that are like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could be something as simple as a McDonald's McFlurry. McDonald's McFlurry is, like, my go-to thing because of my grandmother. Amen. Like, that's just how it is. Amen. And so writing a list like that makes you, A, look at yourself. Yeah. And then realize, like, oh, all my friends like to go out. I actually don't enjoy going out. Maybe the definition of going out for you is going to the bar during the day with friends, right? It's not going into the night. Or maybe going out means exploring and hiking. Like, it could be so different for every person. And I think with society, with the people we surround ourselves, with our family, we have put these borders and boundaries for ourselves of what we have to look like. Like, if you're a corporate person, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Or... um You know, if you don't go to school, you're this person. Like, there's so many different labels that have been attached. Yeah. And it was so interesting is last week at my yoga class, I found this new yoga class here in Houston. It's been awesome. I've met some really cool people. And I went in with this notion of, okay, all these people are like yogis. And, like, they just travel the world and they're so (laughs) free-spirited. My yoga instructor is an engineering student. And the guy next to me owns three companies and is a corporate guy during day. And he's next to me with his little headband and his little yoga towel doing the Ugari breath. And just, I'm like, what is happening here? Diversity. I know. That's crazy. Um, So I think taking a look at yourself and writing what is your identity or what you can let go of or things that make you happy will make you take a really serious look at yourself. And I think that that's actually beautiful because that also allows you to look back mm-hmm. when you're older. Like, yeah. oh, in my 20s, oh, I gosh. was these things. And you know what? In my 30s, I've been able to really shed them. Or in my 30s, I've adopted some new identity. Maybe I'm, now I'm a mother. Maybe now I'm white. You know what I mean? Like, We're going to life map on our dirty 30s. We should. Everything. We're going to life map. I wonder how that's going to be. We should life map next year at 25. Oh, this year. I'm turning 20. Yeah. I'm turning 25 in like two months. <laughs> Wait. We're d- I can't count. Three. We're definitely life mapping. Jesus Christ. Um, I was going to say, yeah, I mean, looking back on that is really beautiful. It is. I agree with that. And because I remember, and this is so cringy, but I'm going to share it for the sake of 
the sacrifice of this podcast. You shared my life mapping. What are you talking about? Okay, but it's a great tool. No. <laughs> Was it silly at 12? <laughs> yeah. Does any nine-year-old want to be a CEO? No. <laughs> Am I judging you? Yeah. But. But would you fly with me first class? Yes. <laughs> okay. You're my ticket to financial success. That is not in my DNA. Oh, when I was that age, I guarantee you a CEO was and still is the last thing on my mind. I'm literally getting an English degree, so. Moving on. Moving on. Tell us your embarrassing, cringy story. So... I wrote when I was young, I think I was like 14 or 15, I wrote like a things, like things my husband should know about me. (laughs) (laughs) You have no room to judge. I know. You are Monica from Friends. Get out, get out, get out. (laughs) And that says a lot because I love to clean. (laughs) No, I know. I think combined with like the ultimate So Ariana. What does your husband need to know? Okay. And does your husband know these things? Un-ira- so I lost the list, sadly. Because when You're I really, doomed. When I really did get married, I would have... That would just be so freaking funny. Can you imagine if you gave him that as, like, his gift on his wedding and just, like... He would have been like, this is so dumb. Like, <laughs> he would. Your husband, he would. He would absolutely not because me. Not because of some negative thing. He loves you more than anything, but he'd be like, <clears throat> are you shitting me? Like, who does this? <laughs> Why did you want to get married so bad at 14? <laughs> and that's a great that's question. That's a great question. Why was I so preoccupied We'll with revisit that? this in a further, later episode. I don't, like, I really don't know. What's Marriage at a young age. Shut up. Okay, so, one of the things, unironically, was how much I enjoy McDonald's chicken nuggets. <laughs> and how that would never change. Stop. It hasn't changed. Stop. I swear to God. No, dude, McDonald's chicken nuggets, they unco- they unlock. Like, I was going through a breakup, and one of my friends <laughs> came and picked me up. I was, I was drunk, and he was like, what do you need? I was like, just some McDonald's chicken nuggets, and he got me a 20-piece. He remembers the story to this day, and he uses it against me. It's bad. And the fries. And the fries. McDonald's fries smack. But, um, and the fries. I, at that age, was unashamed <laughs> that I loved the chicken nugget. I still do. Mm-hmm. I still do. My husband knows. They just, they just open a different part of your soul. And, like, I don't care what's in the chicken nuggets. Let's be honest. I don't care They're either. $3, and with dipping sauce, <laughs> I gives a shit. Oh, no. We put a lot worse things in our bodies than chicken Amen. nuggets. Amen. Why are people so preoccupied? Like, I could never eat. Just okay, also, McDonald's has gotten a lot better with their, um, like, food. And if you've ever had McDonald's in, like, a foreign country, oh, it smacks. goes off. Russia, Russia has like, popcorn chicken. Oh, but, sorry, popcorn shrimp. Popcorn, popcorn shrimp. shrimp? I was going to say popcorn, popcorn chicken is just no. freaking nugget. <laughs> like, what's That's breaking such about a that? Good point. Popcorn shrimp. And their dipping sauces are like a Michelin star. No. <laughs> <laughs> Germany, Germany, and Germany, they sell like dollar beers. <laughs> with, you can what get yourself a, a happy meal and a beer. What is this, a bar? It's Germany. They lose yes. beer everywhere, even that the McDonald's. That is so funny. Best McDonald's I've ever had in my life? Prague. Mine was probably... No, definitely Russia. Norway was pretty good, too. But Norway was expensive. A McDonald's... Norway's expensive. McDonald's meal was like $15. So we started going to 7-Eleven instead. Seven, Y'all were broke No, Norway. their 7-Eleven is like... 
high higher than Sonic level here. Norway isn't Norway like one of the most like highest quality. Amazing life? Norway people, I love you. My peeps Norway for my study. <laughs> no, my, no, my people from my study abroad, I love you because my Norway study abroad was like a month to remember a year, a month to remember of my life. It. Yeah. yeah, it really was though. <laughs> A lot of fun. It was very identity changing. Yeah. Actually, I honestly met a lot of people that challenged me. <clears throat> I met somebody who was four years older than me, and they told me everything you know now. I was I was twenty at the time. Mm-hmm. They go any everything that you know now will be challenged by the time you're twenty four. And I can tell you to this day, it's it's been four years. Everything I have known has been challenged. And they were like, everything you believe in, you're going to change your mind. Wow. And when I heard that advice, I knew that it was valuable advice. I knew that it was, but it was so scary to admit something Terrified. like that, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, everything I believe. And honestly, no, everything I believe has Especially, been challenged. Especially, and this ties into what we're talking about, at 18, you know, as high school seniors, when you're expected to know mm-hmm. exactly who you are, exactly what you want to do. And that was part of the reason I didn't go straight to college because I didn't have that clear idea, obviously. Yeah. And I'm glad I made that decision. But, like, mm. I think it's ridiculous that we put that much pressure on kids because everything will change. Yeah. Like, we need to tell if you're a 20-year-old, you know, 18, 19, 20. Things change so rapidly. This is, like, these are the most formative years, I feel like, of my life has just been like a pressure cooker these early 20s and why are we as a society expecting children to like have their lives mapped out i think that's ridiculous that is such a good it <clears throat> is such a good comparison to pressure cooker because i totally agree 18 19 20 up to now mm-hmm. but honestly now 24 25 to 30 mm-hmm is a whole different ball game. And then 30 to 35, like, I, I know I reference TikTok a lot, but the truth is, is th- there's a lot of age ranges on TikTok, and there's people in their 30s who are like, yeah, I thought I was hot shit at 27. It's like, no, 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 you don't even know confidence until you're 34. And I'm, I like, can oh my, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's coming at 34? Yeah. Like, if this is how I feel now, how am I going to feel at 34? Girl, uh, imagining you at 34 <laughs> scares me a little bit. I'm a little scared, I'm not gonna lie. Stay on the good side. Um, I'm not gonna I'm a little scared. Stay on, oh, you should be sad, excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. Because you know what? Confidence takes time to build, and yeah. I think it takes a long time, especially like the younger you, please, the younger you are. <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking from personal experience, mm-hmm. and also, you know, looking at our generation and like Gen Z and everything, you care so much about what other people think, and you want to fit in, and you want to fit in with the trends and like social media is so powerful and mm, influencing you mm-hmm. to thinking you have to look like and act like xyz or whatever or like some celebrity that you follow or some freaking influencers that are everywhere and i think it's not until you get older and those things matter way less and you've maybe had time to establish a career or like your identity or your passions and follow them that you can actually be like i don't care about that and anymore. you also realize that it's not realistic to keep up with that I think yeah. that's <clears throat> that's such a crucial part of the lesson is like it's not that you can't get there. It's that okay, is that really what you want to keep up on your daily life? Is mm-hmm. that what you want to care about? Mm-hmm. And of course like there are influencers that promote mental health and good um healthy regimes like all of that of course. But yeah. then there's a whole dark side to it too and it's like 
most people attract to the dark side because the dark side is addictive and it's exciting. It is. It's very exciting. It's and you're like, um, but then, you know, you start living through life and shit starts happening in your life. Tragic shit starts happening in your life. And you're like, wait, there's so much more. And I know I can show up and be so much better if I start actually figuring out who I am. And, and do you know, like, how much courage it takes to not be a clone? Yeah, 100%. Well, because the courage is to yourself as well to admit, like, I haven't been being myself. You know how many people in friend groups sit in a situation and in their head are like, I hate this. I want to go home. I hate this so Literally. much. But on the outside, they're like, oh, my God, this is great. Let's stay longer. And it's like for validation. For I'm like, and for don't matter. what? Yeah. Just tell us you want to go home. We'll see you tomorrow. Like, relax. It's yeah. okay. Um, and Those vice versa. people that you're hanging out with trying to impress so bad do not matter. My gosh. They don't matter. We've all been there. We've all been in those situations where we're trying way too hard to fit in. They don't matter. Also, if you're that kind of person, I don't want you as my friend because you're not authentic. So I don't even know if you're being an authentic friend. That's true. That's the truth is if you are true. not staying true to yourself. Yeah. How am I supposed to stay true to you? This this um, this is something that I've like realized a while ago, but I never understood it until recently it's like you know how they always say like oh like if they don't love themselves you can't love them and then everyone's like no i can love them more here's a band-aid and let me break my heart for you it's like no 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 if they don't love themselves if they don't respect themselves if they don't whatever adjective and verb themselves you cannot do it for them or to them because they will not be receptive of it and then they will not reciprocate it and you're in a negative feedback loop of just Hurting yourself. Now, the, the golden nugget, the golden McDonald's nugget <laughs> is... With the McFlurry. With the McFlurry. The, the, the full meal here. The full meal. With the beer. <laughs> dollar beer. With the dollar beer in Germany. And the popcorn shrimp. <laughs> yes. Is you can only be fully loved if you are fully known. Both to yourself, self-love. And for others to love you. And that has been one of my biggest life lessons. I did not make that up. I'm speechless right now. Someone in Germany told me that. Because I admitted that I was having a really hard time being vulnerable. And she looked me in the eyes and said, you can only be fully loved if you're fully known. And at, you know, 19, I was not ready to hear that, but it has burned itself into my memory because it's so true. It's like trying to shine the light in the dark, right? If you're hiding parts, the light can't reach it. And love is like that. Like, I can only love what I know about you. Have you ever had a friend? I have I have a couple of friends, but have you ever had a friend that, like, like we're talking about they they don't share all of themselves and I'm not talking about oversharing I'm not talking about like sharing more than you're ready to share sharing trauma I'm not talking about any of that but you can tell they're like being fake or holding back parts of their personality or maybe trying to fit in and it's like there comes a point where that relationship cannot literally cannot go past a certain depth because they can't go past that depth for themselves if you, if I don't even know who you are, yeah, I can't love you. 
the way you need to be loved. And if I don't even know who I am, how can I love myself? I had no self-love in my life for a long time and was like wondering why. And the reason why is because I, I didn't fully know myself. How can I love what I don't know? I'm just going to look at it and judge it. I'm silent because on one hand, it is the most, it seems like the most just, it, it is the golden answer. But the thing is, it is the most simple answer. Like when you first hear it, it throws you and shocks you. And then when you literally think about the words that you're saying, you can't love something you don't know. You don't know something you don't know. That's very obvious. How can you love something that is just a black hole? Mm -hmm. That you don't know what's in the black hole. Mm -hmm. And to answer your question about the friends, like, at first my reaction was like, of course I have friends like that. But the truth is, is I've started cutting people like that out. Yeah. And, sorry, I haven't started doing it. Life has just taken us in very different journeys because who I am becoming and the people that I am attracting... Those people with those black holes and those fakeness simply cannot hold on. Yeah. Because you start shining light, they get very mortified and terrified of what they see and the reflection of themselves that they lash out at you. Yeah. And there goes the friendship. Some people will step up yes. to that challenge. I, I do have a very close friend who really did not know herself when we were friends and mm -hmm. was really like a shell of a person mm -hmm. for many different reasons. And through loving her as a friend and, like, helping her navigate some of that, she has become so much more of a, like, of who she is. And so that's the beauty of things like love, is that it can help to kind of open up those gaps and help people step into that. That's why we need relationships. That's why we need community. That's why we need connection. And we need connection to learn how to love ourselves, too, right? Like, mm. it, like I said, you were were such an example to me of how to do that if I didn't have you would I be in this place now probably not I think you would I just think it would have been a very different journey because exactly. I think exactly a lot of people go through this journey just very differently exactly so that's the beauty of that but those it's like eventually the energy doesn't match up that's the thing it's it's the energy not matching up yeah. that separates you into different realities of life mm -hmm. and paths of life and things that you want to get out of life mm -hmm. also life mapping and then you can life map. really separates the, and then you can pick up a, really separates the, uh, the winners <laughs> from the losers in yeah. life are you life mapping are you life mapping are you even life mapping create a journal that teaches how to life map it's really like a great thing like if i i wish we could like I wish I could find one of those and, like, upload a photo of it. I, I mean, that would it would be, be devastatingly embarrassing to see three random boys' names we on it. We would wipe like, them out. <laughs> we would wipe. They don't need that. I don't remember what else. I feel like, I don't know. You've coached me through life mapping different different things. I just, I don't remember what The I fact that, like, you remember it so vividly. Because, yes, I remember it. It was but, a like, core memory. It was such a normal thing for me that, like, it doesn't seem, like, that big of a deal. Like, I wasn't like, oh, I'm going to life map now. It was just, like, such a normal thing of just, like writing things out we've established that it was normal for okay you. you ceo wannabe at nine you freaking weirdo uh, oh my gosh 
it's coming to haunt me back now with my identity crisis happening you definitely are like a driven person like you're you're definitely naturally like that yeah that's not my personality (laughs) i like it though your personality gives me the like dude just chill just like chill and relax like that's where i learned a lot of it but that says okay that says a lot. That's not a bad thing. I didn't that mean a that in a bad thing. For other people, I am not chill. So that only says how not chill you chill. can be. <laughs> it's all relative. That yes. should be an episode. Relativity. Because relativity is the biggest curse of it all. It doesn't matter what we're discussing. Mm-hmm. It could have been our friendship episode or boundaries. Like, even now, right? Like, you are hella driven. But when we look in the mirror next to each other, like, it's not that I'm driven more it's that I'm more outwardly expressive of how driven I am. Yeah. And, and, not, and not through one, my in words. that scenario who <clears throat> is like Anna Chill. Yeah, and it's not even like through my words necessarily. It's just through my actions. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, sometimes I have words where I'm like aggressively directed at a goal. But a lot of the times, it, it's just how I live my life. Like, I, I love to hustle my life. Like, I love to keep myself hustle busy. Hustle is a great word. I mean, it, I yeah. hate that word, but it's a I great word it to explain how you are. Uh, hustle is such a stigmatized word i hate the hustle mentality yeah people are like oh you don't need people around you to hustle it's like you just need good fucking people around you to help you hustle and not help you hustle that way but support you and love you and care for you and why is hustling like this break your back thing like i don't know why it's this lonely journey it's because it's so like cool to see you in a sweatshirt at 5 a.m running through like rocky (laughs) i don't need anybody it's like dude get your rocky scene in yeah i mean that's fine get it in but then like go hug your mom (laughs) (laughs) mom i love you we gotta quote that oh my god go hug your mom God, you soulless hustler. Get your rocky moment, but go hug your mom. It's so true. It's like, you know, to what extent are you trying to kill yourself and make, like, what, money? Is that it? (laughs) Some of us want to fly first class. (laughs) Okay, like, that's fine, but, like, you're killing yourself. No, no, it's not money. It's it's the self. For some people. No, it's the self. It's this. It's identity. People are chasing after this identity. That's what I realized is the hustle mentality. I have friends around me right now that are very much like hustle mentality. And I'm like, that's fine. I respect you. But I can see that you're trying to fill a void because you actually don't know who you are. You know, you can hustle. You know, you can hustle by drinking tea and recording a podcast. That can be your hustle. A hustle is not how many things you can get done or how alone you can be yeah a hustle is the outcome and the impact that you have around and what kind of person you're becoming through those actions and hustle is not being cold-hearted no and like shutting yourself off to the world not at all. because you're better than everyone yeah learn how to surrender listen to episode eight yeah <laughs> listen to last week's episode where we talk about it god <sighs> cooler than everybody <laughs> So you're life mapping? We were obviously not children. We were obviously huge nerds. Like, everyone needs to know. (laughs) While everyone was, like, rebelling and doing, like, fun kid shit, we were in our rooms life mapping. And apparently being aggressive. And being Milo. (laughs) Being very violent for no reason. I've outgrown that. I really have. I barely even remember that. Honestly. Really? I know some people that <laughs> only remember that. That's my dance, apologize. my old dance partner. My old dance partner, we used to get into like physical fights. And he was a boy. I would come home and my mom was like, 
why'd you fight him? And I was like, what do you mean? I was like, he, he like, pushed me. And I'm like, so I shoved him back. Like, you was... act like you grew up in, like, the streets of <laughs> Moscow. God. And then, like, what is Moscow. this? <laughs> My grandparents were very educated, proper people. If my grandma knew I hit somebody, ah, that lady would have a heart attack. It was just so random for you to be. I was like the. I was like anti-violent. You're a lot more violent now. You are a lot more violent now. What did I do to you? (laughs) Not physically. Sometimes you'll say something. I'm like, damn, girl. Oh yeah, true. Yeah, Yeah. you're a lot more outspoken and violent now. I don't know. Absolutely. I'm. I'm definitely like shady. When I not in a bad way, but just like I can't hold it anymore. It's like I was holding. You're just authentic like, now. I'm authentic, and you're not a people pleaser. I am really, yeah, I'm really not a people pleaser anymore. I do owe my husband a lot of that too because he's literally the opposite of a people pleaser. I wonder what he would think of life mapping. <laughs> he would. It would take me thirty minutes to explain to him what it is <laughs> and then show him all the colors. He'd be like, "Why are you?" He would just go back to your huge nerd. This was really good because you really opened that memory for me. Yeah, it was such you a open. Mem- well, I remember it as we were talking, and I was like, "Oh my god, we did that." I like, but um, yeah, it was good for me. I'm glad. I'm glad I had such an impact on your life. Honestly, but, you did. Obviously, you still do. Thank you. But you do too. You 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 honest. You do too. Like like so so much. Truly, so so much. Cry, cry in the club. Good. Cry in the McDonald's drive-through. Into the McFlurry. Yeah, okay, the McFlurry. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Stop obsessed with it. Stop getting the McFlurry. You're right. I never. I don't think. I think I've. It's been like a year since I've gotten a freaking McFlurry, but I did get nuggets like last week. So mm, good. But yeah, this is. Um, I I think this is very important conversation for people to have, and I think it's very important for people to self-reflect on, truly. Like, I I really think identity and going after what you want and knowing what you want is such a core necessity of your identity and who you are. Yeah. And it can be painful. That's very painful. Like, for me, it's been very painful. I will, you know, disclaimer. If you're going to start digging into who you are, some stuff might come up. That you have to challenge and question. And that's why we did this, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, the whole... I say this every podcast. Yeah. But it's true. I agree. I say like, the same We way. have a lot of goals with, with what we're doing and, like, our vision. But the authentic collective is literally so that we and other people can be their fully authentic selves and bring all of that power and beauty to the world and to their communities and make their lives what they want them to be. And you cannot do that if you don't know yourself. You just can't. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't even begin to... This, honestly, I'm surprised we didn't have this conversation earlier, but we've talked about it on Clubhouse, but, like, it's fundamental. It's like a building block to be a- to being able to set boundaries, to being able to have friendships for all those things, mm-hmm. you have to know who you are. Like, why do you think I didn't? I sucked at boundaries till this year. Yeah. <laughs> Newsflash: didn't know who I was. No, I totally agree. Yeah, it's a it's a very crucial part. It's a very um, it is a building block. Yeah, and if you don't know where to start, you can do Anna's list idea. 
which yeah. is again very type A, very organized. I I do sometimes I'm like not everyone will do, will relate to that. You I love to, lists. Yeah, you don't have to make a I list. You can just think about it. But some people are like that Indra. sounds like my worst nightmare, and I forget that some people are like that. Um, like my husband would never make a list. I'm sure he thinks about it. Like, he exactly. knows what makes him happy. You know, because he's definitely thought of it. Experiment. Experiment. Yeah. Be like Just me go do it. Go buy some rollerblades off Amazon and then go to the park with them and rollerblade everywhere because you saw some kids doing it and it looked really fun. <laughs> um, that's one way to learn. Um, yeah, just try and say yes to more things. And in those moments where you catch yourself not doing something or doing something, for other people or for what they may think or may say, stop and evaluate that decision mm. is my biggest piece of advice because that's been 80% of my struggle is why did I just decide to do that? And who was that for? Was that for me? No. Who was it for and why? And who set up that? Why did I get in my mind the expectation that I needed to put their wants first? do that i like that mm-hmm. well cool that's where we're gonna leave it that's where we're that's gonna leave it. that's a that's a really good nugget we got a lot of nuggets in this we got conversation. a lot of nuggets a lot fried. of fries <laughs> scattered crispy and golden <clears throat> but we will be back next week talking about another fundamental building block i'm sure mm-hmm. but until then you can follow us on instagram at the underscore authentic underscore collective and you can leave your questions in the dms or you can send them on anchor um and we are always looking for more exciting topics to discuss yes we are because we love this because we don't have enough in our lives (laughs) obviously we do but uh we will see you guys next week stay authentic bye bye